welcome to ULAW's podcast. Today, we're very fortunate to be joined by Sophie Stevens, who is currently a student on our bar practice course. Um, she also completed her conversion with us, her MA Law conversion. Hello, Sophie. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. You have very rich experience because actually you started studying history, didn't you? I did, yeah. And even before that, I actually started in theatre, which was it was it's been a crazy ride all the way through um to law. Um so yeah, I actually went to drama school. Um, which drama school did you attend? I went to the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama for a year. Oh, fantastic. Um, and then realised I wanted a career that would combine sort of, you know, that theatre and um, a bit of intellect as well. Um, and that's when I got researching about barristers. Um, <laughs> a, that's a tad cliche. No, tad that cliche. makes total sense. Because, of course, law is theatre and very performative in some respects. So what other things attracted you to doing the bar practice course? And we will skip back in time as well and talk a little bit about your conversion too. Yeah, sure. Um, so the bar practice course for me was very much the final stepping stone to the career that I really wanted. And um, I there was a few things about the bar practice. I had explored other places, obviously, naturally. Um, I, I didn't jump straight into um, going, I want you law. I did my research, as all good lawyers, I guess, do. Um, and I found very quickly that the bar course at ULaw had um, a fantastic pupillage success rate. It had um, the the pre-selection, so the... Um, the uh, the event you have to attend in order to get a place on the course and I think you know they always say about surrounding yourself with successful people makes for you know a successful outcome and because of that selection I thought well you know if they're already selecting who they want on the course then I will be surrounded by people who like me are as driven and want to learn for the next sort of eight months intense intenseness that the BPC is um so yeah that was what attracted me in particular to the BPC and in particular to you law um it was a stepping stone to where I needed to get to and you know there was a few factors um with you law's version that just I think suited me better that's fantastic to hear and actually you've succeeded in securing pupillage as well so I have yeah yeah <laughs> that was a wild ride getting pupillage but um you know that's a lot it's a lot of stuff on top of um everything else that you're doing on the bar course but if you if you have that belief and you put the hours in you know it, it can come it can come good in the end. And how do you think the bar practice course will have prepared you for this um criminal pupillage I believe it is at Nine Bedford Row? Yeah, yeah I mean the bar practice course it you know it's a whistle-stop tour of all those crucial skills that you're going to need to take forward and then build on in pupillage so your cross-examination your your examination in chief those are examinable on the BPC so you've already done the practice and the basics ready for when you go into a criminal pupillage but I think it also you know I've got friends who aren't doing crime um that are doing other areas of law and you know the civil side of the bpc 
can very much teach you the skills for drafting and opinion writing that they will need to go forward with for, say, you know, practicing in commercial chancery. So I think it gives you a breadth, um, although it's although it's quick, it's a quick year. Um, it gives you sort of all those raw basic skills that you need to go forward with and conquer. That's fascinating. I think people can sometimes have the preconception that if you go into the bar practice course and you want to be, you know, in the law courts performing, that you're a criminal defence lawyer automatically. But actually, yeah. there are many different areas, aren't there? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, advocacy, you also do civil advocacy on the course. And it's it's teaching you different sorts of advocacy. And, you know, I think one thing I found really useful was to always try and keep my own flair in what I was doing and um you know fully embrace that while doing the BPC but then utilizing the skills that you were also being taught um and it's very it's not just you don't go onto the BPC all wanting to be criminal barristers it just happens to be that was the area that I knew I wanted to do um so I do think it has transferable skills for all areas of the bar, even though your core modules are civil and criminal. Lovely. And how long did it actually take you? I wonder if you can remember how long it took you to decide whether to do an LPC or whether to go straight into being a barrister. Or was there just no question there that you always wanted to be a barrister? Yeah, there was, I think for me, um, so like I said, I did theatre and then went on to do history. And I, a lot of people say to me, well, if you knew you wanted to be a barrister, why did you do history? Why didn't you just do law? Um, and I quickly realised, you know, three years is a long time. I didn't want to do five years in total of law. I wanted to do three years of something I knew I was good at and then, you know, find my feet in law eventually, which was why I did the conversion course in the end. But I knew when I went on to the conversion course, the MA law, um, which has the GDL incorporated in it for those who don't know the difference. Yes. The MA is just a, a level seven qualification rather than the level six GDL. And you do a more in-depth thesis. You get to explore a little bit more and you write more in your exams. Um, but I knew when I went on that MA that I wanted to be a barrister. There was no question about it. You know, I dropped out of my original degree in theatre to sort of pursue this career at the bar. Um, so yeah I was very very driven but you know not everyone is so driven um you know some like some people are still finding their feelers um for whether or not it's going to be the LPC or the BPC and I think in order to find the answer to that you've got to know what sort of role you want to play in 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 the legal system um so what I mean by that is you know uh, uh, doing the LPC is going to make you a solicitor you're going to do a lot of client-based work you're going to sit with the client from the get-go you're going to get to know them um, from the minute they walk through the door whereas as a barrister you're going to pick the papers up sort of 24 hours sometimes the morning of and jump in and and you know go straight into the, the advocacy um, so yeah the the LPC is different from that aspect of wanting to go to the bar and I think in order to answer that question you have to know what you see yourself doing. That's really clear thank you and both options sound very exciting and that the LPC obviously you have that human contact you get to know your clients very well um, but then yeah. you may have the adrenaline rush as a barrister of you know being to being able to ad lib so to speak and taking complex information and assimilate it and then yeah and I think 
I think as well, you know, there's always the option, which a lot of people forget that if you do the LPC or the SQE, which I know they're now introducing, um, whether you choose either of those pathways, there is the opportunity to cross transfer to the bar much later on. So if if you become a solicitor and you decide, no, I've been a solicitor for three, four years, I actually fancy my hand now at the bar, you can do a cross transfer test. So um, sometimes you could, you know, you could argue that going the solicitor's route is perhaps a better way into the bar. You get to see um, different aspects of it from the solicitor's perspective, working with the barrister for, say, three, four years. So there's there's plenty of options. And I think, you know, a lot of people think law is a straight route. You do your LLB and you go on, you do your bar course and you get pupillage. But it's not always like that. And it can make for quite a creative pathway. That's really interesting that you use the word creative. Yes. So I'm wondering how you decided to study at ULaw following your history degree at Southampton, because that's a huge step, isn't it? And I believe you studied at Guildford, which is quite far away from Southampton also. Yeah, so I I visited Guildford on a open day. And one of the things that really stood out for me was they had the manuals um I say the manuals like everyone knows the manuals but um they (laughs) had visual tomes yeah 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 and they had these manuals and um they were all colored different colors which I'm I'm dyslexic so for me seeing different modules with a different color associated to it was so fitting and they had them laid out on this big table and I ran over and I saw them and I said to them, you know, what are these? And they said to me, oh, well, that is the information that you're going to, that's your workbook for each module for the for the GDL, MA, whichever one you choose to do. They're the same workbooks. Um, and I remember thinking, well, that's just fitting. That works for me. Um, you know, I loved the fact they already had the material condensed into these books that I was then going to read each week and then build on with a bit of extra reading for the MA part. Um, And they were all colour-coded. And I don't know, it just, it felt right, if that makes sense, seeing that they had already implemented something that was going to help me learn for the next year um, meant that I felt comfortable making that transition. Um, You know, and all the tutors there were really... um, upfront about how you know intense it is for the for the year and how you know you are going to have to sit seven exams and that law students sit over three years and they're really they're really frank and really honest with you so you know exactly what you're getting into and I think sometimes there's a fear of moving on to the next chapter and not knowing what you're getting yourself into but with you law it was always really clear and really direct of you know this is how we do it this is what's going to be expected of you this is the support we offer um and you know my legal moving into my legal brain now I look back on it I liked that literal you know that literal message that they told me exactly what I was getting um and you know there is a there is a payment you're you're a student at the end of the day you're you're um you're paying for it so you want to know what you're getting um and I felt with you Laura I was getting really good value you're entering into a contract of sorts, aren't you? And it sounds yeah, you as are. if yeah, it sounds <laughs> yeah. as if like, you felt quite taken care of in a way from the beginning. And Definitely. I'm just wondering what 
the challenges with your dyslexia might ordinarily be if that support wasn't there and how the disability support service sort of tackled certain things in specific ways with you? Yeah, I mean, there's no two ways around it. I learn differently. I I take longer to read. Um, and, you know, my neurodivergence to some aspect, you know, does does hinder me I feel at times but it's overcoming that and having the support to overcome that and I think you know with you law they were always the, the one of the biggest things for me was the transition from institution to institution and right. a lot of the time it, it can be quite daunting for you to have to you know produce all this evidence and prove that you have this thing that you have to live with every single day and sometimes institutions can be quite difficult about it but with ULaw, there was never that difficulty. And I stress that there wasn't that difficulty again when I moved from MA to BPC. So my whole transitional process, I never felt sort of ignored, excluded. My emails were always responded to and we're with care. And they put in place this, um, it's almost like a sheet and it tells you exactly the support they're going to offer you. So it was really clear again um, what I was going to be supported with. Things like um, if I wanted the workshop um, lecture slides prior to going to them on the MA, I would, could request them and get them sent to me, um, which meant I could read them before attending the class. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah. Simple things like that. And, you know, if I hadn't read a bit of um, the text because I hadn't got that far that week, um, although I would have to read it at some point, there was no sort of major repercussions from the tutors sort of ever sort of being like, you know, why haven't you read that? You know, it was just, okay, we'll make sure you get there, you know, by the time you get to the exam. And all of that just made it so much easier because, you know, um, although my neurodivergence is a great strength, um, I have to face the fact, you know, I do read slower. You, You can't get around those things. So yeah, it was nice to just, to for it to not to feel a big deal if that makes sense sure you never I made a imagine. big deal yeah. Of it. <laughs> um, yeah and that was really comforting and obviously people with neurodivergence do have strengths often in, in a few areas that are off the scale and do you want to just blow your trumpet a little bit and tell us a little bit about <laughs> the things you're you're particularly strong at that you enjoy yeah, I think, you know, advocacy is probably one of the biggest strengths that I get out of um, being neurodivergent and seeing things from a different perspective. You know, the 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 normal brain, if you if you will, would see it from one way. But because my brain's neurodivergent um, and different, which I love, um, I see it from a different perspective. And, you know, I found that really helpful with pupillage because, a lot of the time, you know, they ask you really strange questions that are looking right. for an obscure answer. But, you know, some people can't get to that obscure answer. But naturally, sure. my brain goes to this. My brain goes straight to the strange straight answer. Straight to the obscure answer. Straight to the obscure. <laughs> I think one question I got was, you know, what was one thing you learned? Oh, what was one thing that you taught yourself in lockdown that you would teach someone else? And I just remember blurting out, oh, how to make an omelette properly. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'm pretty sure no one else would have. And I think I could tell on their faces no one else had said that. But um, it made them smile. It, it built rapport. And I, 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 I take ownership of that through, through my dyslexia because we think, we think differently. And it, and it can be a fantastic thing. 
um, and and show a completely different angle to things that people people other people just don't see. I strongly agree. And I expect that everyone at Nine Bedford Place, it's Nine Bedford Row, isn't it? They'll be expecting omelettes every morning. (laughs) Yeah, I think they probably will. (laughs) Um, I'll be coming in with them or with my frying pan that I, uh, you know, I use. What a great colleague to have. Goodness. (laughs) So just to wrap up then, how do you think you've grown as an individual throughout the bar practice course and perhaps during your conversion too? Because we've been in pandemic as well, which is challenging. Yeah, it's been hard. I don't think, you know, there's no, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, it's been a breeze, you know, the past two years have been easy. Um, it's been hard and there's been lots of different skills you've kind of had to adapt to. My BPC started in person and then changed to online and I I've always struggled struggled with um thinking that I can do this career there's been quite a bit of self-doubt along the way and I think that's definitely the main thing that's grown since sort of MA through to the end of end of the BPC because um you know the the self-doubt is there and and having a background in theatre where I wasn't doing any academic study I I thought you know am I going to survive this am I going to get through the academic level that they they need from me um and I think the biggest growth has been seeing you know me come out a really good example is the land law uh, module I sat um for the MAGDL and um I I I loathed it I absolutely loathed it class in class out was really struggling with it you know sitting at a fail for a long time thinking I'm never gonna get land specific module no it's their favorite don't they everyone has their favorite yeah I absolutely crime is a breeze to revise and land I just I thought I'm never passing this and it came out and it was my top grade of my whole MA and a good ending story yeah and I but I just it proves that so much of the past two years is about having the support from the tutors and then pushing yourself beyond what you think you knew you could do and that's been the biggest learning the the biggest learning curve of all that I, I genuinely thought I probably couldn't do this but yet you know here I am and I think every single person has that imposter syndrome has that fear but um, if you if you keep if you keep pushing and you know the support's there and you utilise it, then then you can get there. That's very inspiring, and I'm sure everyone listening um, would like to take a piece of that inspiration away from this recording. What would you say to someone considering going to you, Law? Um, I'd say to them, do your research because um, a lot of the time the, the proof is there, the statistics are there, you law are very good with their, you know, their branding, you can see it all, you can see the pupillage statistics, you can see, um, you can see, you can see it for what it is. Um, and I think, you know, if you're going to choose to go for you law, be prepared that you're going to get support from the get go, um, the employability team, um, the tutors, every single person is there for you. Um, and, I don't think as a, as a student, there can be anything more positive than that. Well, Sophie, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for today. It's been a pleasure. No it's been great talking. Thank you. Thank you.